This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. Welcome back to another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and this is finally the final episode uh, of the Los Angeles or United States series. It was a mini-series that was part of the DJ's Aviation Podcast that I started ooh, a couple of months ago now, and I do apologize for taking so long to get to the final episode, which, as you know, is plane spotting at Los Angeles International Airport. However, I've just been absolutely swamped, and, and actually, as you're probably aware, I recently went to Canada, and that sort of took precedence over everything, and there will still be more episodes surrounding Uh, Air Canada, if you will, and American Airlines and just my time in Canada. But I thought before I get to any of that and before I go in for surgery, I will do uh, plane spotting at Los Angeles for anyone that is at all interested in the experience. Before I properly get underway, I wanted to remind you that you can listen to the DJ's Aviation Podcast weekly on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and so many more. Of course, though, the probably two most prominent platforms are Apple and Spotify, and if you are going to be using those, just drop the, uh, how would I put it, drop the spod, the podcast part of me, a follow, and if you do enjoy it and want to show a bit of extra support, you can leave a five-star review now, also on Spotify and also on Apple Podcasts. Now, the topics for today's podcast, I'm sure, will be very intriguing for you, and this is the general makeup, and then that way you'll be able to understand what I'll be covering in this review of my experience plane spotting at Los Angeles. While it's definitely going to be centered around my experience, I would argue that this kind of episode will be useful for anyone, as I will try and keep it as generic as possible, but intertwining my own experiences at the airport on top. I want to start off as well by saying I have only been plane spotting at Los Los Angeles, pardon me, twice. So I haven't been to every single spot, but I can definitely vouch for certain ones and I can uh, give you an understanding of what the surrounding areas of the airport look like as someone who only travelled here to plane spot. Anyway, enough of the blabble. The topics for today's podcast include plane spotting locations, toilets, foods and transport, staying potentially at the airport, overall traffic quality, the plane spotting community there, what type of gear you will need, and the overall experience. I thought we'd start uh, start right off the bat with probably the most simple and basic thing required, and that is plane spotting locations. I will try my best to give you a review of the experience, whether you're in Los Angeles or you're coming to Los Angeles to plane spot, or say you're on holiday in LA and then you want to do some plane spotting. I would argue, though, this is probably going to be more catered towards someone coming internationally or even just domestically throughout the United States to LA, as naturally I was coming from Australia and therefore had a bit of a different experience to someone that maybe was only 10 clicks away from, say, um, 
the airport, as you'd probably be aware. So starting right off the bat with the plane spotting locations, the spot that I spent the most time at across my visits and the one I would probably vouch for the most and is also the most popular one is Imperial Hill. You get runway 07 and 25 movements, but on top of that, you do generally see everything. Um, You do struggle to see the operations on the runway across the way. Uh, There are some terminals blocking that, but you're going to get to see all the pushbacks, aircraft taxiing, aircraft heading to hangars, and if there's not a plane taking off or leaving, you're going to see additional movements. It's just probably one of the best spots, in my opinion, at the entire airport. You are elevated, so you get brilliant views of everything going on. It's great for pictures, and it's great for videography. I am using the spotterguide.net, so if you do need any help with any airport, and this is not sponsored or anyway, I use the site all the time as well, especially if I'm heading to a new airport that I've never been to before. It's a great site, and it will help you with the air uh, locations to plane spot, and it will also tell you when you should go, when you shouldn't go, the best way to get there, and so forth. But I can definitely vouch for Imperial Hill. I think it's, like I said, one of the absolute best, and you'll get some excellent photos of planes rotating but you can also see planes exiting the runway taxiing like i mentioned and and so forth there are sometimes even reverse operations and they are a sight to see something i've never seen before but i've definitely seen some videos and if you can catch reverse ops which would mean they would land from left to right uh if you're facing the airport at imperial avenue or imperial hill pardon me it's it's amazing now This location isn't necessarily off the beaten track. It is at the top of a hill and below you is like a motorway or I don't know what they'd call it in America. Uh, So that means it is accessible. There is a bus. uh, If I do recall correctly, you can get the Beach Cities Transit Bus 109. Now, don't quote me on that. You'd probably need to use something like your city mapper. City Mapper would be a great way if that is available in Los Angeles, which honestly I would assume it is. And uh, there is a stop right near that location and you can just get off and walk across. There are seats, there are bins, there's nowhere to necessarily eat, although I do believe there's a service station on the corner about a 300 meter walk away. So you could very easily pop down to the service station and come back up. As for toilets, there's nothing like that, but there are the benches, which are very helpful. It's, it's a designated spotter location. That means there are spotting spotters, pardon me, all over the place, usually at any time of the day, and it can be very busy on weekends or if there's school holidays, uh, and therefore it actually can be hard to get a decent spot because naturally uh, the spotting location is quite long in length, which does mean there is about a 200-meter spotting location. So you could be on one side or the other, and therefore you may have a different view because, like I mentioned, it's a hill, Imperial Hill, and that means that when you're at the highest point, you get the best view. But if you're a bit lower down, sometimes it can be a little trickier to see the movements, if you will. So you just keep that in mind that when you are showing up, you may not be able to get the best possible position unless you can slot yourself in somewhere. Regarding the gear you will need, uh, I would rather discuss that a bit later on because it, it changes. Uh, for me personally, I found a maximum focal length of 400mm was was perfect, but I would argue I could have probably used a little bit more, but then it just becomes a bit too heavy. Do you know what I mean? The maximum necessary was 400 I think you could even get away with 350 but it of course will depend on the quality of your camera, what kind of crop you'd like, and, and so forth. Um... I went was there in winter, so I believe in the summer you'd probably get some backlit photos, but in the uh, 
in the winter it was well whatever winter it is over there it was it was pretty good and i would definitely recommend it one of the other most iconic spots that i have been to is the in and out burger now this is very very easy to get to and yes because it is in and out burger you will have food and toilets accessible right there it is probably one of the most popular spotting locations in america for regular maybe non-aviation geeks do you know what i mean in saying that, it's a very popular spot for aviation enthusiasts, but I think if you want the best view for pictures and videography, you'd go to Imperial Hill. Uh, however, if you were, say, just wanting to watch some planes land over your head, get a bite to eat, get a drink, which is a lot of people that are not necessarily even into planes, then you would definitely go to in and out I would still vouch for Imperial Hill as the best spot to go to see general traffic, but I still think you have to at least once go to the in and out Burger and watch some of the planes land. Because like I said, it's an iconic spotting location. There are restrooms, there's food. It's very easy to get to. Probably easier to get to than the Imperial Hill. But if you are renting a car, then everything becomes accessible. Uh, but yes, it's a very iconic spot. It's great for runway 24R arrivals. But um, like I said, it's very busy. Usually it's hard to find a spot on the grass in a beautiful day. Uh, it's very, very loud. And look, if you're wanting to do some videography or photos, maybe that becomes a little bit harder. I would honestly argue that it's probably the best kind of spot to just sit down and watch them and really enjoy the beauty of aircraft. There are many other locations located around the uh, airport, including joe's car park garage there are many parking garages that give you great views of the two four right arrivals and um also the other runways departures from that side of the airport now just in relation to where we are uh, seated at the moment we're basically now on the opposite side of the airport to where imperial hill is so you're going to get different traffic and different runway operations here towards imperial hill i think the car park garages that are on offer probably give you the best view of the aircraft um like I said, in and out is an experience, but if you really want those good photography and videography shots, I'd be heading to one of the many car parks. In fact, there's a new one that recently popped up that a lot of people have been doing live streams and general videography slash photography from. And I could definitely say that that looks like a fantastic spot. I did not have the chance to go there during my most recent stay, but I would definitely be going there next time. And uh, from the results I've seen, it's definitely worth a visit. But like I said, you shouldn't find it difficult to find a parking garage. What I would say, though, is do a bit of research before you go up one. Some of them may not accept uh, people doing plane spotting on there. Sometimes you may need a car to get in, which, of course, is a problem if you're not renting a car. And there's many other things involved with that. But I'm sure if you spoke to the people and did it in a timely and a nice manner if you will i think you'd be fine in getting up regarding amenities that you have usually there's a toilet i've personally been to joe's car park and like the quick parking area and i can say that downstairs there is a toilet so you've just got to go basically down the elevator and then come back up um so that's handy and regarding food there's nothing you would have to go walking off the beaten track again it wouldn't be a long walk i'm sure you'd find something but what is worth remembering is that you are in an airport you're sort of in the surrounding airport grounds and typically it's more car parks than restaurant chains do you know what i mean 
So especially if you're walking, that probably proves a little bit more difficult. And the last thing you're going to want to do is catch a bus however long and then get another bus back just to get some food. Because when you add on all the times, um, it's probably not the most ideal situation to be in, if you do know what I mean there. So like I said, maybe pack a snack. uh, But if you have a car, then it shouldn't be, well, nothing should really be an issue. Let's be completely honest there. There are various parking bridges and parking lots also scattered around the airport, which can be of great help, uh, especially if you have a car. I would highly recommend potentially visiting these. They give you a different angle, and I would probably argue they're better for pictures than anything. And um, look, it's always worth a go to be able to, to do that. There is a Hilton Hotel Uh, the rooftop, but it's only accessible for hotel guests. So this is something that may apply to someone that is flying in. I I don't know the the way it works because I've never stayed at that hotel, but I would argue there's probably a way you can get up there by staying there. Maybe it's a card. Maybe you speak to the person at the the bottom desk, but I've, I can't vouch for that spot necessarily. I've, I've seen views from it and they certainly look incredibly interesting, especially as you can get multiple different uh, angles of the airport. Um, But I think, if anything, if you're going to be using this spot, you'd need probably a longer focal length than many other spots to get a really decent view, if you will. Uh, And that's... There's many more spots. I I will let you go and have a look at the spotter guides because I don't want to go over, say, all 20 spots. Um, What I would say is, though, uh, spotting at Los Angeles is very, very easy and there's always a view somewhere. And I think that's one of the great things about the airport. Uh, it's probably been one of the best that I've gone plane spotting to in terms of views you can get. And I wanted to move on to then traffic quality. And probably one of the biggest reasons why you'd want to go to Los Angeles International Airport is because of how busy it is. It's very, very busy. Now, I went in 2019 and I went in January of this year, that being 2022. Of course, because we are currently still in the middle of a pandemic, uh, you could argue that it probably wasn't the busiest it's ever been in January. There were still some restrictions. It's getting better, but it was nothing like still 2019. And I would still tell you that it's probably the busiest airport I've ever been to. So in regards to seeing aircraft, it's very, very good. Variety, there's plenty of variety on offer. You're going to see several long-haul carriers. I would argue that especially as we're coming up to this summer with restrictions further easing, it makes perfect sense now to go more than ever. Or you could potentially wait a little bit longer and wait for more airlines to return because there was definitely some airlines that were absent from 2019. In addition, because of retirements and so forth, the sheer amount of wide bodies that were for engines had reduced drastically. There are a great selection of 747 freighter aircraft Uh, which is a welcome sight as someone in Australia who you don't see many 747s anymore, especially with the retirements of those Qantas 747s, which unfortunately didn't even fly into Melbourne um, all that frequently, which was quite a shame as, as they came towards their retirement. But look, the traffic is incredible. All you need to do is watch a video just right now as I'm recording this. Open up your phone or tablet and genuinely have a look. I'll do the same right now. I'll unlock my phone. I will go to Flight Radar. What you're going to want to do is go to Filters, go to the Filter Zone. You want to click Airport, and you want to type in the IAT of LAX, which is... uh, Let me just get that up for you. Hang on. LAX or KLAX. You want to go both, apply, zoom out, and just be ready to 
have your jaw drop at just how many planes are indeed heading to LAX. It's it's quite crazy and it'll give you the perfect idea even just by zooming in on the ground right now. I mean, we have a 747 with cargo lugs. We've got a FedEx MD-11. We've got a China Southern Cargo 777F. We have so many narrow bodies. We've got a Qantas A380 pushing back, a Japan Airlines 777, and then you've got about 25 other aircraft. So yeah, that really says it all with regards to what you're going to be able to see there. So Traffic-wise, there's not much else for me to say other than I don't think you'll be that disappointed when visiting, and that's just my honest thoughts. On to my next point, and that is staying at the airport. I'm someone that was coming from Australia, and that means, well, I didn't live in a house 35 minutes away. I, I had to sort of stay near, and I'm not someone that was going to be renting a car. That means I needed to get around either by public transport or foot. I personally stayed on about five well no actually it was about a 15 minute walk away from imperial hill uh which was manageable i'm not gonna lie it did get a bit tiring at times i was not someone that chose to spend 10 hours at the airport my fault which means i did have to walk back and forth Uh, i think i was walking upwards of like 10 kilometers a day carrying like a, a 12 kilo backpack on my back going uphill so it was pretty tiring it definitely gave me a workout uh, but on the grand scheme of things, it was a very accessible hotel. I was staying at the Embassy Suites, and you can just look those up. There, well, to be fair, my room was a bit pricey, but that's because I had to book so late. Uh, there are cheaper rooms. It's great location, and uh, I do believe they offer free shuttle service to the airport. There are plenty of other locations, though, all around the airport, but it just comes down to where you want to stay. Do you want to have to be getting public transport or an Uber? I chose to stay that close. And it was a little bit more expensive, but I, I weighed up the options of, well, I'm not going to have to pay for a bus. I'm not going to have to pay for an Uber. I'm going to save money because obviously it's going to add up. And if I need to go back to the room, I can walk back instead of needing to request another Uber or and so forth. So it was very, very convenient. And I would definitely vouch uh, for that place to stay there because, like I said, the location was really, really good. Uh, regarding the plane spotting community that you'll find at Los Angeles, well, it's very active, but probably one of the biggest things is people come from everywhere, as in you'll meet some people that came from Sweden or Finland or they've come from Japan or they've come from Australia. So you'll definitely meet the spotting community that, and this is if the type of person you are that wants to interact. I'm someone that does not do that. For me, when I do get to go plane spotting, it's more of a relaxation time where I just get to, it's just me and the planes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and not everyone's like that. Some people want it to be more of like a, a social butterfly, if you will. But I'm I'm not like that. So, uh, I but I still can see what's going on. I still overhear things. And and hey, it's it's a great community over there. And you'll meet lots of people and share lots of stories. And uh, I would 100% vouch for it. And you'll probably make new friends because hey, you're talking about aircraft, and there's nothing better than doing that while at the hub of aviation and that's like los angeles international airport wide bodies narrow bodies and airlines central so yes i would definitely vouch for the plane spotting community and i would 100 percent recommend having a chat to someone whether that be um now or down the line or in your next visit or just chatting to them for five minutes you never know who you may meet and you never know the friends and memories you will create but of course if you're not that kind of person like me then there's nothing wrong with just going to the enjoy the planes by yourself and really just enjoying the sheer size of the aircraft you're going to see. And uh, either way, it's it's an amazing experience. Now, on to what gear you will need. Now, this is very subjective and it can change for everyone, so I'll just try and give basically the most general advice possible. 
Obviously, if you're gonna if you're someone that wants to document the experience, you need to choose how you're going to do that. Are you going to do photography or videography? Now, I'm by no means a trained professional with any of this, but I have been into aviation since I was four and taking some form of digital media surrounding them since I was seven, albeit I started off with a point and shoot, but I did work my way up to now where I do videography and uh, photography. And I think they have their pros and cons, and that's always something you want to assess. Do you want to do photography? Photography, photography pardon me, has great benefits. I would argue it requires a lot less concentration, um, especially as, you know, you can stop looking and maybe not take a picture of something. Whereas videos, it's a continuous, however long clip that you are recording, and that therefore is a little bit more tough on the grand scheme of things. Um, I am someone that likes doing photography. I do videography for the channel and I usually enjoy watching my videos back more than looking at my pictures, but I enjoy editing my pictures more. So there's just so many pros and cons and so many things to add up. Do Had I, or should I not be running, say, a YouTube channel? I think I would do photography. Um, and uh, like I said, I just upload it to Flickr. I'm not a fan of Instagram, so I wouldn't upload my pictures there. Maybe I would do it to like Twitter and Flickr. Or you're someone that could just be doing pictures and keeping them solely for yourself and just enjoying them and creating like your own little database of the registrations you've caught. But there's definitely a lot to weigh up and maybe that's something I can take a look at in a podcast a little bit later down the line, whether that's something like videography or photography when it's coming to planes. In fact, I will actually write that down now videography versus photography for aviation and give you all the pros and cons and that could be a great podcast for for you that could be there making a decision on which one you'd rather choose so in saying that i won't get too into the decision making behind it what i would just say is uh, regarding focal length you will need a zoom lens if you're opting for a dslr like a mirrorless camera as for a camcorder anything sort of works you could get a uh SLR, you get, there's, there's so many different things you could get, a camcorder, I mean, the, the list is endless, and hell, you could even use a DSLR for filming, although I'm someone that definitely prefers a camcorder of sorts, but there are point and shoots you could use, nowadays there's a lot on the market there, and even some people take pictures with their phone, but of course, it's all about the budget. Do you want to just use your phone? Do you want really good quality pictures? There's nothing wrong with iPhones, but I'd argue when they zoom in, it's just, it's not the same as a good camera. Uh, but that just comes down to choosing, you know, what you want to do, but for how long you're going to do it. If you're just going to go to LAX for a week and you're probably a couple days or one day, and you're never going to plane spot again, then maybe an investment in a camera isn't worth it. But if you do plan on making it into, say, a proper hobby, or it already is a hobby then, um, well, naturally, you'll already have a camera. But if you don't, then maybe it's an investment worth uh, worth making. Focal lengths, like I said a bit earlier in this podcast, I would recommend anything between uh, 100 and 400, but you can extend that. I mean, you could even extend that to 500 or 600. I, uh, on my first visit to Los Angeles, did have a uh, 100 to 600. But of course, the larger the focal length, typically the heavier the lens is and a bit tougher to zoom in and out. That is something I did find. So adjusting the focal length was tougher than um, a smaller lens. But like I said, the benefits are you get a really good zoom and naturally the quality is bumped up significantly rather than you having to crop pictures in post-processing. As for videos, uh, 
well, any like I said, any stock standard camcorder works. It just is down to what you're willing to spend for the quality you're going to receive. And there are lots of reviews and forums where people recommend specific cameras. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's just down to your budget. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to go out and buy a $2,000 camera if that's not something you have the budget for. But also, you don't want to spend $2,000 just for a camera you don't even understand. Um, so it's always important to see what you think is best for you and doing lots of research. As for the overall experience, I'd recommend Los Angeles as an airport to go and plane spot at. You're going to see a lot of traffic, and especially if you're coming from a smaller airport or an airport from the other side of the world, if you are passing through Los Angeles, drop it a visit. Uh, You're going to see airlines you'll never see before, and um, honestly, you'll probably see aircraft that you wouldn't see at home as well. You're never going to be disappointed because the traffic is absolutely insane. I mean, there's something pretty much constantly happening, and I would argue you can never take your eyes off the airfield itself, which is really fun, and the hours will pass by so quickly while you're there, trust me. Um, You'll lose track of time, and one thing will lead to another, and it's been three hours, but it's only felt like five minutes, and then you'll go back, and you'll realize you've taken 10,000 photos, and then you still say to yourself, how on earth am I going to get through that backlog? Um, Great experience, and Yes, I would 100% recommend plane spotting at Los Angeles, and the two times I have done so, I've absolutely loved it, and they're memories that still stick with me today, and I think will stick with me for a very long time. That's going to conclude today's episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. I just want to remind you that next week will be the experience on Air Canada. It will be a pre-recorded episode as I will have gone in for surgery and will be unable to talk for a little bit of a period. So I do hope you will enjoy that. That's going to directly tie in with the release of the Air Canada 737 MAX trip report over on the YouTube channel DJ's Aviation. So definitely check that out as well. That way you'll be able to see the video and it will make a lot more sense sense uh, rather than just listening to the podcast. If you would like to review this, um, whether it's on Spotify or Apple, do be sure to drop it one. Uh, I really do appreciate any kind of support, whether it's you just following or giving me a one-star or five-star review. Um, Any sort of interaction on the podcast is greatly welcomed. I do this purely for fun. There's no money that's made from it in the slightest. It's just a really nice way to document things, uh, maybe give you all something to listen to and It's like a little diary and journal for myself to talk about my experiences and if I can be of any assistance like maybe this episode and have provided some more clarity for you on a situation, then I feel like I've done my job. With that being said, please do continue to stay safe. Enjoy your Easter break for anyone that may be celebrating. Um, If you're not, just enjoy the weekend or long weekend, pardon me. Stay safe out there. I will see you next weekend. Well, no, you'll hear from me next weekend. Uh, as a pre-recorded episode and then we'll be back to a normal processing where I'll probably be discussing the surgery. So yes, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. I will see you next time. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.